everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience, and today we're joined by Lorna Evans, Founder and Director of Lorna Evans Education. How's it going today, Lorna? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing wonderful as well. Thank you for joining us uh, from Australia, from the future. Tell us anything that we should be aware of, even though people will be listening to this uh, in the future and it'll all be long gone. So the news will be old. <laughs> Isn't that just the case? No, well, I think the world is pretty good at the moment. So um, let's just cross our fingers that we're all starting to move around. So I think we're all on the same path each way. Well, good, good. Yeah, I, I recently learned uh, one of our employees is from Australia and she she brought up the fact that uh, in Australia, you know the answers to the wordles before everyone in the United States do. So I don't know if that's caught on over there. I've never done it myself, but I hear people talk about it <laughs> and you guys know the answers first. So there are benefits. Well, that's a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this is not about the future or Wordle. Let's talk a little bit about you. Why don't you give us kind of your 15 second elevator pitch um, about who you are and what you do? Right. Well, so basically I'm a hairdresser by trade. So I started hairdressing 37 years ago and um, then 23 years ago, um, I started, I was actually asked by L'Oreal, which um, I know is, is over there too. So L'Oreal under the L'Oreal umbrella was is product companies called Matrix and Redken. And I was asked for them, would I do a class on styling? Because during the first few years of my uh, career, I really specialized and loved the art of hairstyling. So what that means to non-hairdressers is bridal work, special occasion work, red carpet work. So I was asked, would I do a class? And um, of course, I, my first initial reaction was I would never know. I couldn't do that. You know, I can do the hair, but how do I teach it? So I was very fortunate to be under the umbrella of Matrix and then Redken to be taught on how to actually run a class. So I've actually been in New York and in Vegas um, throughout my career as well with um, with the companies. So I love that. And then 10 years ago, my husband and I decided that we would take the plunge and become an independent educator. Now, there's a lot of independent educators now, but to be honest, 10 years ago, there really wasn't. So it was a really big plunge. And the reason that we wanted to do that is because I felt the need not just to educate hairdressers, but to also be innovative and create tools that would make styling easier and faster. So we basically now teach hairdressers and makeup artists how to make styling easier and faster through innovative techniques and really innovative and brand new tools as well. Very nice. So uh, just so I'm, I'm clear, were you um, were you actually directly working for L'Oreal as a hairstylist or did they just find out about you, discover you? Yeah, well, good question. So I was a salon owner and I still to this day am a salon owner as well. And so what would happen is um, technical reps would come in and they would see different trophies. So at that stage, I was winning quite a lot of awards and they have, so each company actually have uh, tech centers. So they would bring in different artists and then they would bring in other hairdressers. So I would be paid and then I'd have a room full of hairdressers that would come in and I would teach them skills. So obviously the skills would be going with, and then we use this product. So yes, I was employed by them as a sessional artist. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Very cool. That's kind of like a, like the classic, uh, like discovery of talent, like almost like you imagine the person walking down the street, the, the next thing you know, they're in a movie. Of course, that isn't the full story, but <laughs> um, maybe uh, just kind of, uh, I guess, take us through uh, in a little bit more detail, like uh, in terms of like you, you found out that you wanted to teach this or you maybe, you, I guess you said you didn't know that you could teach this, but you started teaching it. Like, where did that translate into like, I'm going to create a course on this? Yeah. Um, well, to be honest, for years, it was in a classroom. So it was never online, you know, for many, many years. Um, so for 23 of the, um, so 13 of those years before I went out on my own, um, we were only in classrooms. There was nothing online. It really wasn't. So I would be on an airplane way too often. So I was on an airplane going in with bags, which by the way, I still, and I'm very happy to say I'm still doing, I'm back to doing, um, not as often, um, which is really good, but I really thrive with being in a classroom. So, but at that stage, all we had was traveling. So we would travel a lot and I had two young kids. I was very, very fortunate that then my husband and myself went into partnership because the kids were young, but I loved what we were doing. So yeah, so I was very fortunate. They would basically, when I was under the L'Oreal umbrella, I would walk into the classroom and the classroom would be set up. Lunch would have arrived. Um, all the, all these attendees have been, um, they've paid their money. They've, um, they've been told where to come to. Nowadays, we have to do all that ourselves. So we really found ourselves in event management, to be perfectly honest. Okay. Okay. And so I guess, uh, like, did you, did this, well, I guess just to be very direct, did this happen like pandemic? Like you had to shuffle from offline to online or did you just see the, see the opportunity to, uh, I guess, change from more, more of the in, for in-person focus to online? That's a really good question. No. I, I, um, we actually have been with Kajabi, I think probably about a year before the pandemic hit. So we were, I feel very, very fortunate about that. We had a lovely, lovely young uni student working in our office. And it was actually at that stage, we were doing webinars. So I was starting to do webinar work and we would then send you the Dropbox link with the webinar link and and an email um, that you could watch afterwards. And that was pretty much where we were at. And then Alex actually said to us, we could actually create an online platform. So Alex had actually found Kajabi. So I have a lot to thank Alex for now. She's finished uni and doesn't work for us anymore and has a big high powered job here in Canberra. Um, But Alex set it up for us. And what we would actually have is what we found fantastic is because we've got two programs in Kajabi, just so that we don't get confused here. So I'll start with the one that we had originally. And that was one where I could categorize bridal, evening, red carpet, avant-garde, how to prep the hair, resources. It was incredibly easy for the human eye to be able to go through and be able to see where those was. And then when we got the hang of it, we could drop handouts in there that they could download, they could print, or they could just look at it on their phone. So that was where we started. And so what would happen would be at the end of a class, if a student wanted, like quite often we would get, oh gosh, what happens when I go home? I won't remember it. Well, that's okay. You can join what we call it now is called the collective. So so, and then we started to, um, we've grown the collective enormously. So now we have a guest um, section in there. So we have a closed Facebook group. So we have hairdressers from all over the world, quite often from America, from London. Um, we've had someone from Spain, obviously from New Zealand, Australia. So they come in and they'll do live education and then they sit in that library. So it's a really terrific resource. We've called it the recipe book of hairstyles. Okay. So that, yeah. So that was really 
cool. And that actually all happened pre-pandemic. When the pandemic hit, it was very new to us. And I think like everyone, to be perfectly honest, it was quite an emotional time. We didn't have to close our salons. They, they actually chose not to close hairdressing salons for quite a while in Australia. They then did. But for that three months where they didn't, we actually voluntarily closed. And I gave away my collective to anybody who wanted it for three months. So I basically, I had, I gave it away just for nothing as to see that, make sure that people were doing something so they didn't feel, you know, that stress. And I also have a room, my kids call it the scary room downstairs, which is a room full of mannequin heads. And I had about 50 old mannequin heads and I put it out there and said, please don't ask if you don't need a mannequin head, but if you don't have one, I will post you mine. So I have to say the collective, and it gives me goosebumps when I talk about that, the collective allowed me to get out there and help a lot of people. And then we could connect on live Facebook. So that was, that was, I think that was actually a bit life-changing for me, to be honest. Yeah. What an amazing story. And I guess uh, just from a timeline perspective, was this uh, like, did this represent kind of your first digital audience or did you already have a, like a a pretty big crowd or a pretty big following, a pretty big student base, however you refer to them uh, leading up to this. I did. So um, throughout my years of working for a company and then on, a, on for the 10 years of my own, we have a lot of expos. So I was on the main stages at expos. Um, we have a lot of tools that we um, have created, which are amazing and they're really unique. There is no one else in the world that has half of my tools because I've designed them. So we've designed things like tool belts that hairdressers don't need a trolley, but it has a magnetic strip on it. So they don't now need to look for their bobby pins everywhere. We've designed brushes that make things faster. So we were always at expos. So yes, you're right. We had grown that audience um, through being face-to-face in massive big crowds. So um, which was really quite cool. So but two weeks before the pandemic hit, we launched, we had luckily filmed it, but two weeks before the pandemic hit, we launched a program that is also in Kajabi. Uh, And I'm very, very, that was one thing that we didn't know that I could actually have more than one program. So now what we've got is we've got our collective library, but then I had a conversation with the trade schools. So we call them trade schools. I think you call them cosmetology school. Is that correct? That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. So at the trade school, I was in, I'm always in touch with a lot of the trade school teachers because I actually rent the rooms and in most trade schools and probably cosmetology schools, their teachers are very good at teaching cut and they're very good at teaching color because it's the main part of what hairdressers do. That's where we make most of the money. So what was happening is the two units, which was the braiding units and the create hair up unit, they were going through them and you would get some teachers that thrived on it, thrived on it and loved it. But you would also get a lot of teachers that struggled with it. So I got together with one of the schools and I mapped a program that is to the government standards um, to those two units. So it was a lot of work and a lot of work. So I hired a trade school teacher and we went in and we filmed all the looks. Now, what this particular program did for us was students, and I'm talking young students now, my collective is very different to this student program, the attention span is not long. So what I managed to do in Kajabi was bite size pieces. So when they come in, they have a folder with all the different ways to prep, which means that when it comes to me showing them how to do a braid, 
great. I will actually intro it as in this tutorial, you're going to learn how to do a three strand Dutch braid and to prep this is a smooth blow dry. And you can see that over in the prep section. So it meant that I could show them how to do the braid really fast, but I haven't skipped that. So I've broken it in to two and it also allowed me to give them downloads for head sheets and downloads for notes. So it was so comprehensive and so easy. So they could open it on their app. They could open it on a computer. The teachers can now put it up on the screen in their schools. And the really cool thing is when they leave trade school, they will actually still have that on their phone or wherever to to be able to refer back to. But what really gave us the point of difference is there's a lot of teachers out there, Jared, but our tools came hand in hand. So every single student gets a bag of our tools I don't know why I'm going like this because I'm you're on a podcast and I'm there's <laughs> a bag of our tools and our tools are really unique, but they are really high quality. So, and when the teachers give the students the kits, the the feedback that I've had is, oh my gosh, you should have heard the squeals in the room. So the, the actual students are excited to use the tools. So now they want to open the program because I'm sure you would agree, online learning is terrific, but we have to get them engaged. So we we found that the, the tools and the online program together was really our sweet spot. Oh, I bet. And that's something that I think that th- this is really exciting because I think you're the first person who has, who we've had on the podcast that has done both the digital and the physical combination. Um, so I'm wondering, like, uh, was that a part of your, was that a part of your initial strategy? Like, did you always anticipate that there would be some type of combination um, just out the gate? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've even my husband's a graphic artist. So if I come up with ideas of something, I can, I sketch it out and then he will actually put it together and then we have them made. So the tools that, and then we put them out to, you know, into my salon, into other salons and we test them. So absolutely. I think we really, we do want to make styling easier and faster. And some of the techniques that I've came up with, they're mine. There is no one else doing those techniques because I've basically played on a mannequin head, then worked on a model, made sure that it works. So as much as I'm still teaching the traditional methods when it comes to, and this might be over your head, chignons and French rolls and, and beautiful Hollywood waves, a lot of hairdressers will run away from that and they'll go, it just takes too long. It's too hard to learn. So with the right tools and the right techniques and the right pattern of how to go about it, it's actually not that hard. Very cool. Very cool. So obviously the the journey from even with this, this audience that you've you've created going from offline to online, I can't imagine came without its struggles. Um, can you share a little bit about that journey and the challenges that you faced kind of getting this up and running? Oh, gosh, if anyone ever tells you it's easy, then I you know, they're, they're actually fibbing <laughs> to you. They're fibbing to you. So where our challenges lay is we don't have expos anymore. So we that audience that I spoke to you about before where we would pack up trucks and set up stands and be in, I think you call them booths there. So you'd have your um, booth at, at an expo. We don't have that anymore. Um, our big expo is now no longer. We, we've got a new one that's starting in June, um, which we're going to go look at but where our model is at the moment we're not actually going to exhibit there but we had lost that so our challenge then was during COVID people you you did have them sitting in their in their lounge room so we grew an audience 
on a closed Facebook group. So, and what worked there, I'll maybe start with what worked. What worked there is everything to us leads to an email. So to join our closed Facebook group, you have to give us your email address. So we deliver so much quality free content in there. An email address is not that hard. So that was actually really good. And the community that we've grown in there has been oh, phenomenal. I, I feel like, and when I do travel um, overseas particularly, I will have people that will will definitely meet up with. But the challenges then come from, and I will say that is what we're working on now, is the pipelines and the next part of having a lead magnet. We haven't gone down that track. We've mainly gone down the selling of it from live education, face-to-face, Zoom meetings, reaching out to the schools um, one-on-one, which I'm very proud to say that we've actually managed to get most of the major schools here in Australia and New Zealand are now on board. And that's only been what was two weeks before the pandemic hit that we launched that. So we now, our biggest challenge is now the Facebook marketing. We have never done that. We haven't done the funnels and we are learning how to actually now run the first um, the first pipeline and our lead magnet. So that's there's our challenge and we're on it. <laughs> well, I was actually going to ask you when you brought up email, when you are at these, these expos kind of leading up to pre-pandemic, um, were you collecting email addresses already? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've, um, we, we know that you've got to keep in touch. So being able to email and I listened to a great podcast the other day and it was talking about what your islands were, you know, is it TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and finding out what are your islands and, you know, either going on all the islands or do you stick to a couple of them? And, you know, we're on our islands and it's very difficult. I think for everyone, it's social media is so noisy, but it definitely works and being able to do it continuously and consistently. That's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, in starting this, like maybe like just kind of looking back on like your, your first launch on the platform. Um, I always like to ask, like, I know everyone evaluates success a little bit differently. Like maybe it was even, maybe it was a free, free program. Um, I'm curious, like what were some of like your expectations? What were the realities? Did you exceed the expectation? Did you fall behind? Um, just thinking on that first, first time you kind of launched to your audience. Yeah. Great question. Well, I did a course with the, membership guys. So I, I decided I would, I, I, I'm, I'm a really big believer on if you don't know it, you go out and you learn it. So I went and did a course um, with them and we started off as a membership. We started off as a $29.95 a month membership. And my expectations were huge. You know, I went, oh, this is going to be great. And I'm going to, and I had promised that I would put something new in every month into this membership. Oh my God, it was a beast. It was like a beast that I had to keep on feeding. And that was probably um, my expectations of the monthly probably didn't get to where I wanted it to be. And I felt like that was actually quite hard to actually be able to monitor. We now do an annual fee and it's, you know, for the collective, it's an annual fee. So um, if I, so that I don't confuse everyone, we have the collective and when we have the student program. So the collective is now a annual fee and the student program gets sold into the schools. We are 
actually don't sell that program. We sell it to the schools and then the schools then um, outlay that to, to them. So I suppose my expectations of a monthly, that wasn't um, wasn't there for me. And I would say because my marketing was not good enough on an ongoing basis. Okay. Well, that's actually another, I think another first, um, maybe uh, in terms of, of who you're selling your product to. I think we've had a lot of people on the podcast who probably are more direct to consumer. You're selling to businesses, which I think represents maybe, well, definitely represents something we haven't touched on here much. Um, I'm curious if there's any, like, as you mentioned, challenging to get into the educational space. I can't imagine it's any easier in Australia than it is in the United States. But like, I guess, uh, like any, any insight into like why you decided to go to, I guess, uh, maybe the more challenging um, op- option as opposed to just going direct to the consumer? Yeah. Well, so our customer, you know, if, if we think about who we are actually targeting, uh, the collective is targeted to hairdressers and makeup artists who want to do bridal parties on the weekend. The school program is um, is my customer is the teachers and the students in colleges. So we really needed to split that in into two. We went direct because I had contacts. There's no doubt about it from being in, in education for so long, I had contacts. And even with those contacts, it has been a really difficult journey because every school is different. All the teachers want it, but of course, they've then got to then be able to make sure that it's in a budget for school to be able to run it to. There's a whole different ball game in itself. So I would say that um, to answer your question, the reason that we decided to do that is I fell into it and it was just that I had the teachers in front of me saying, Lorna, I wish you could do this. Yeah. And I imagine like even with something, well, I don't, I, I shouldn't downplay a haircut just because I have very simple hair or no hair for <laughs> that matter. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's not serious to a lot of people, but like I imagine that there are probably guidelines and restrictions associated with how the content has to be structured in order for it to like meet curriculum standards or I don't know how it's exactly laid out. Yeah, absolutely. For the school program, that was, again, that was why we um, we hired a, a teacher to help at all the filming. So even the way that my wording and how I would talk about, oh, sorry, in Australia, we centimetres. So I had to go from talking in cent- inches to centimetres and um, just everything that we were actually doing needed to fit that curriculum. However, one of the reasons reasons that they the teachers really wanted me to do this is I could still put my easier and faster methods into each look and that was what they wanted and they also wanted it to be current to today's fashion a lot of what was in the trade schools were very very old-fashioned work so the students weren't interested in doing it so what we actually could, could do was go in and we could cover a French roll but it was a beautiful French roll Lady Gaga wears a French roll, amazing. So why is it we're teaching in the schools how to do a very big old-fashioned French roll? So that was the exciting part is, yes, I needed to stick to the curriculum, but I also could, and Kajabi allowed that. So I'll give you an example, just talking in the French roll. I don't teach a French roll in the traditional way. And when we went back and had, I had, there's two, there was two French rolls in the French roll category. And when I go back and I actually have always done feedback through SurveyMonkey and one of the teachers said, I really would like the students to actually do the traditional pinning up the back for a French roll. My answer to that was not a problem. I then went into the studio, I filmed a third French roll. So now 
the students and the teachers have now got three different methods on doing it. You pick what you believe is going to be the easiest and the best. So it's actually that's as much as the, so yes, the curriculum is number one. I have to do it to a T, but what I have been able to do with the teacher's permission was to really do it in high fashion and easier and faster methods. Yes. I think what's, what's cool about this, just for anyone listening, uh, is this represents like a unique opportunity as you know, you're considering like what you might, might explore creating a course on utilizing your contacts, thinking outside the box. It doesn't have to be just direct to consumer. And that's really cool how you applied that to your business and your industry. Um, kind of uh, just a momentary brief segue. I've got to ask, because I didn't ask this earlier, you uh, mentioned like red carpet and you you just recently brought up Lady Gaga. Was that part of your world, like working in Hollywood or doing any like celebrity styling or always on the teaching end? No, I've, I've always been on the teaching end. I've worked backstage at Fashion Week for many, many years. When, when you work the companies, the companies, um, the big companies actually are backstage at Fashion Week. So um, I haven't looked after um, many celebrities, um, but I have worked backstage at Fashion Week many, many, many times, which is really hard work. Oh, I bet. I bet. That was just my momentary uh, a segue there. Um, not part of the traditional show <laughs> structure. Well, I guess uh, one of the things that I, I we would love to know is like when you made this move to Kajabi, we talked about some of the struggles, um, I guess, like and you've you've just kindly volunteered so many of the things, so many of the things that it's helped you do. I'm curious, like, has this changed the dynamic of your business, like entirely given that you were mostly 100 percent off offline before? Like, like, what's this done for you? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, again, going back to in COVID, you know, so school students, keeping them engaged, you know, here we have an apprenticeship and we have vetting school students and all sorts of different students, keeping them engaged, it changed everything. So what I actually did in, in um, because in, Melbourne, guess what? We won the longest lockdown in the world. So because we were such winners, we uh, I, I really felt like Kajabi helped me to really help a lot of people. So for instance, for the school students, we had we held weekly Zoom meetings where I would just do one of the looks that they already had it in, in there in there. But it allowed me to to go live and actually put a face to it. The other thing that I didn't mention that Kajabi actually allows us to do, which is uh, probably a big part of both of them, is they can actually be assessed. So they can actually send in their work through Kajabi app, which is super easy. They send in their work, it comes to us. I have another hairdresser because obviously there is only one of me and now we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students. So we actually create certificates of participation. So we have a virtual assistant, Raya, who's worked for us for years. And every day her job is to put together all these beautiful certificates of participation that they can then show their teacher just to say, look, I've done it. The teacher's job, I'm not taking away the teacher's job. The teacher's job is to then assess it and take it further. My job is to share the techniques, hope that they then practice it, and then it goes on to to the teacher. So I suppose going online, I could never go into all the schools that I'm in at the moment, never. You know, I try to, we've got all of the Tasmanian TAFEs have just came on board, um, which is terrific. And I am going to Tassie on Sunday to run a two-day class. And the great thing is I will then spend um, 
a few hours with all the teachers down there teaching teacher training on what the program looks like, what all the tools do, because some of our tools are a bit unusual. One of our tools is actually a comb that's curved to the shape of the head. So they may not have seen that before. So I'll go down and um, face-to-face and be able to do that. So where possible, I will do that. But of course, it's not always, I haven't been to New Zealand yet and we've got three or four New Zealand schools. So um, of course, Zoom, I can Zoom train in this room with them. So online has most definitely allowed us to reach more people and help more people to really take the fear out of styling and get excited about it because it is a really exciting part of our industry. Yes. Yes. I love that. It's it's kind of it turned you, you as an individual into someone who could reach, you know, a, simultaneously, you could be teaching a hundred classes at once, um, just thanks to your ability to teach in a different format. Um, well, uh, you've covered a, a couple of your offerings. I imagine that most people, unless they're enrolled in an Australian university, they probably can't take your your teacher course. Your, your, uh, forget, remind me of the title of it, not teacher the student, course. The, the student program is the, it covers uh, the braiding and the Create Hair Up units. It is available all over the world. We're currently talking to schools in the States at the moment, and we're currently talking to schools in the UK and even Ireland. So okay. um, it is actually, yeah, it's a program that can be, um, it really can be rolled out worldwide. It's just a matter of shipping the, the toolkits out, which come in a beautiful bag. Um, and then we, you know, we enroll the kids into the program. So Kajabi has made that very, very easy. I love that. Man, I love that. I love that. That is so cool that Kajabi is being used um, in the education space. Um, so uh, for anyone who does want to check that out, they're going to have to roll in college to get there. But for your other program, um, I imagine that that's now open to anyone who's interested. Oh, absolutely. The collective is fabulous. It's, you know, if you if anybody's looking to grow their hairdressing skills, um, absolutely. The collective is there. There's over 100 tutorials, God knows how many guest artists, and it's growing. Like I said, today I have a model coming um, that we're going to be filming this afternoon on how to do a beautiful big bouncy blow dry using our unique time saver brush. We have beautiful big long aluminium core Velcro rollers. So everything is about making life a lot easier. So I'm filming that today and that'll go into the collective um, in the next week or so. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to grow my hair before I can grow my hairdressing skills. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you can still look after other beautiful hair. That's true. That's true. I could do other people's hair. I think I would get banned very quickly if I tried. <laughs> But, <laughs> well, uh, for anyone who is interested, which I imagine vast majority of listeners probably do have some interest in styling their hair because not everyone can be bald like me. Where's the best place for them to find out about you and just kind of get a feel for what, what your offering's like? Yeah, sure. You can catch us. My website is www.lornaevanseducation.com.au. And if you head to the online library, so you if you go up to the lot online tab, I should say, there's two tabs there. One is for the collective. And the other is if there is any teachers or even students out there that are at a school that would be interested in their school knowing about it, tap on that tab and you'll see that's a little video and, and so forth. And the other thing is we have um, Instagram, which is Lorna Evans Education. And our Facebook group is Hairstyling Made Easy by Lorna Evans. All right. And just exclusive app, private access to the Facebook group though, I, I imagine. Absolutely. So you know, th- there's three questions to answer. And, it's all, and of course, we 
would like your email address. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, thank you again, Lorna, for taking some time um, at the beginning of your day, end of mine here in Hawaii. Um, really appreciate you sharing with us. I know you've got a busy day ahead with uh, bottles and filming new courses, so we'll let you get back at that. But thanks again for sharing with us today. Oh, you are so, so welcome. Thank you so much. And thanks to Kajabi. It is an amazing platform that makes our life easier. I love it. Well, that is all we have for you today. We thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe. We really appreciate you. I would love to make sure that we're sharing more of these incredible stories with more uh, people and prospective entrepreneurs out there to inspire uh, people like we hope we do you. So we will see you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. 